1: Welcome to AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Milton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach. Hello. How are you doing? I am doing great. We missed you last week, but we had a good dot show, but no repair, so everybody's probably stockpiled their repair questions to call in for us today. Great. But also, we want to make sure, in case you're living under a rock, you don't know that Mother's Day is. Sunday and so what vehicle repair tools might she like as a Mother's (laughs) Day gift but also you know keep this show in mind for dads when Father's Day happened or you could think of this as your own personal wish list for you to complete the garage you would like to have. All right so tools you might need let's start with super duper basic
2: Let's say when we start talking about tools that you have in a shop, it's according to how advanced you want to be and according to what type of tools that you're going to use. Now, when we talk about basic tools, you're talking about screwdrivers, wrenches, sockets, uh, ratchets, extensions, and hammers. Now you can get all different types of them you can get all different price ranges of tools you can go anywhere and buy the tools but for me as being a technician for uh, 40 years i've decided that i need the top of the line tools and maybe a home shop does not need that because like i say you're not going to be using them all the time and like i say uh craftsman was a big brand of tools for many years okay now you can get those at true value you you should only be able to get them at sears but on my toolbox i have snap on i have uh cornwell i have mako now those are all expensive tools so i'm not telling you to get expensive tools i'm telling you to get tools that is made for your type of job and how much you're going to use them And, and so that's really what we're looking at.
1: So maybe if you're new to this, could you get a lower quality? And then if it breaks or you find out you need better, then you, you upgrade, you know, enter the market low and then upgrade?
2: Well, always think about in, if you enter the market low with cheap tools, you're going to get hurt. Oh, okay. Because safety first. Safety first because tools break ratchets uh, break and make you hit your knuckles and make you hurt yourself. So you wanna get a good quality tool. I'm not saying expensive tools, but a good quality tool that will not break on you, will not strip the nut out, will not break something else on the car. So let's, let's talk about ranches. Okay, most of our vehicles today are metric. All these fasteners are metric, okay, so you wouldn't need a standard type set of wrenches unless you're working on something old Uh, 20 years ago. Everything today is metric, so what you would do, the most common metric wrenches would be a size 10, 12, 13, 15, and a 17, and a 14. Yeah, most of those, those are your common wrenches that you'll use on every boat in a car.
1: So for, okay, I'm, I'm here we go. A wrench is, you know, it's the stick with the little C on it. Uh, but like at home, we have some of them that have like the little roller bar that makes the C bigger or smaller. So do you need to have the exact millimeter wrench for the job or can you use an adjustable?
2: Adjustable wrenches, Last resort. Oh, okay. Adjustable wrenches last resort because when we talk about wrenches, we're talking about the surface area that can grab the nut or the boat. If you have more surface area, stronger, uh, it's going to be able to get that boat loose a little bit better. So what I would do, you got 12-point wrenches and you got six-point wrenches. And so I would advise you to get a set of both of them, six and 12, because the six-point has more surface area and it'll hold on better.
1: Excellent.
2: And a twelve-point one, not.
1: And with tools in the home, a lot of times you like having the multi-tooled drill and screwdriver all together. But a lot of times at home, or if you're woodworking, you don't have to. You're a plumber. You, you're not in a a tight space. So, are there any wrenches that I don't know? Can you have an electric? Device that serves the purpose of a wrench or, honest to goodness, you need to have your different millimeter sizes? You're
2: going to have to have your different millimeter sizes. They're not an electric wrench. Now, there are electric ratchets that can hold sockets, and sockets are the one that goes around uh, a nut or bolt, and it turns it, and you can do it with air, you can do it with a manual ratchet, or you can do it with an electric ratchet. You know, but once again, water you got to be careful with electric because you got water around and you don't want to get shocked. Safety first.
1: We're talking today about the tools you need to work on your vehicle. Our email address where you can send us your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to Wiggins and talk with Raymond. Raymond, we're glad you called in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question?
3: Yes, I have a my like uh, I bought it a Z7109 model and uh, I just bought the truck and uh, uh, drove it home, parked in my yard and uh, the key that I had uh, was either wore out or didn't fit right but it, it worked so I drove it home when I got in the yard the truck wouldn't crank back up couldn't get the turnover. Okay, I had made another key from that key that I had programmed. I programmed it myself. Okay. Key works. With the little mock uh, symbol on the, the dash, it uh, it lights up and goes out, just like it's supposed to So it is programmed. So I called the locksmith, and he said that he was programmed. And he said that my problem is not a locksmith's problem.
2: So where do I go from here? Okay, so now does it crank up? Does the vehicle crank up? It will not crank up. Okay, so you got the key program. Now you need to program the key to the vehicle. Okay, there is a process that you can go online or you can look at any uh, GM uh, format, and it will show you how to format, uh, program that key to the vehicle itself. Okay, that means that when you stick the key in there, there is a sequence that you have to go through in order for that key to work in that vehicle. And it All will crank 30%. up, sir. Yeah,
3: you turn it three times, turn it on and off three times.
2: Okay, but there's okay. a waiting there's a waiting time and everything in between. It usually takes about thirty minutes to do program that key in that particular vehicle. I just did one uh, several months ago in a parking lot at the high school. I had to go program a key due due to that uh, the key did not work. And but we programmed it right there in the parking lot. It worked fine ever since. Because most likely it's going to be either the, if the program does not work with the key, you will have to take and get probably a new um, ignition. And what happens, there's a little wire on that ignition system that reads that key. And a lot of times that does break right in the steering column. little plastic piece that goes around ignition. Uh, Not the plastic piece. It's down in there just a little bit. It's around the ignition switch. You can't see it from uh, the outside. You'd have to take the ignition switch out, and then you would see it. Take take the cylinder out, Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And uh, it has, uh, like, a little orange wire, I do believe, and a green wire, and they usually, after a while, they will break. But I would try to reprogram it uh, again and just see if you can get it to work like that. Uh, make sure it's the right key and just try to reprogram it again. I think it'll work.
3: Okay. Well, you said uh, the key is programmed, that we need to program the uh, key to the vehicle
2: Yeah, the key has to be programmed to the vehicle in sequence.
1: Thanks, Raymond. I hope that works out for you. I always think of that as like baseball signals. You know, you have to, you know, with the baseball signals, it's like touch your cap, touch your elbow, touch your knee. That's what you have to do when you're programming the the key to the vehicle.
2: It's a relearn process, and uh, there's a lot of things that the vehicle has to relearn, and that's one of them.
1: Okay. If you have got a question, we would love for you to send us your email. Uh, to auto at mpbonline.org we're talking about tools today is your car under recall we have uh, the newest recalls listed we'll tell you about you're listening to autocorrect on mpb think radio
0: at your vehicle think of mpb need to get rid of your ride donate it by calling 877 mpb the number four car need to have some work done on your truck listen to autocorrect thursdays at 10 saturdays at 11 an mpb license plate reminds you that mpb is with you wherever you go go to your county office and ask for an mpb car tag mpb and cars better together
1: Listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill. Hey, if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcasts on all podcasting platforms for your smart devices. And AutoCorrect is heard Thursdays at 10, and Saturdays at 11. So this week, the God bless Ford, the uh, 2020s through the 22s, Explorer and the Police Interceptor utility vehicles, they've got the same uh, recall as uh, we had last week for a, I think it was the Escape, a bolt fracture may cause the drive shaft to disconnect, potentially resulting in a roll away when the vehicle is in part without the parking brake applied. We've talked about using that parking brake.
2: Yeah, use that parking brake on a hill especially.
1: Yep. You can find out if your car has a past recall by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, nhtsa.gov recall, and put in your VIN or just find their Safer Car app. We're talking about tools today, but we're also taking your vehicle repair questions. Our email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Let's go to the phone now and go to Canton and talk with David. David, we're glad you called in. What's your comment or question about tools? David, are you there? Well, we'll put David back on hold and see if we can find him. Let's go to Chuck in Biloxi. Chuck, we're glad you've called in. What's your comment or question?
5: Yeah, good morning, Coach. Um, I have an electrical conundrum. I have a 2001 BMW z 3 That's that little two-seater. It has the battery in the uh, back, and it has two uh, big leads that come up to the front of the engine compartment and I have no electricity whatsoever so when I turn the key I have nothing I have no radio no headlights uh, the only the only electrical that works is the emergency uh, flashers and I have cues at the fuse panel and underneath where you're, you're where your knees are there's a junction box and i have electricity there and i where do i go next am i is this something that goes through the switch is it a switch issue but i have no electrical to the radio to the lights
2: Okay, all of that uh, electricity comes from the battery, goes to the junction box for the fuse panel, and goes through that ignition switch. What I would do first, even though that you got power at the uh, emergency flashers, doesn't necessarily mean that you got enough power to go through everything else. What I'd ask you to do is take your battery post off the battery, clean the terminals real well, clean the cables real well, and put them back on and see if you have juice all the way through it. should. That's usually what happens. Is that that's it just don't make a good connection? I yeah, that's the first. That's
5: the first thing I did. Including there's a big terminal box um, underneath where your knees are, and that was a little bit green, so I cleaned that up. But I'm getting full. I'm using a good voltmeter. I'm getting full voltage through to everything, including the fuse. Uh, boxes and, and yet everything is shut off
2: okay um, well then the next thing I would do is go to your fuse panel and check that ignition switch relay or ignition switch fuse see if you got power at that ignition switch fuse there's one that said uh, it, it should say ignition okay and you would check that and see if you had uh, power there and then I would check the relay itself because the relay has to energize before you get power up there
5: Okay, so that's what I needed to know. So, um, and how do you tell which of the um, relays might be the one that energizes the
2: switch? Okay, well, it should say ignition relay, and it may be called something else on there, but you can probably Google it. But there will be it will be designated either on the uh, fuse panel cover or right there in the fuse panel.
5: Okay, because that's what I think it is. Then. You you nailed it.
2: Well, check that out.
5: Okay, thank you, Coach.
2: You're so welcome.
1: Thank you, Chuck, for calling in. Let's go back to David in Canton. David, we're glad you've called in to talk with Coach Charlie on our Learn About Tools That You Need show. What's your question?
3: Uh, I have a question about uh, the quality of a torque wrench. I, I need a torque wrench once in a blue moon, and I've seen prices from 40 bucks to 400 I uh, obviously don't need a $400 one, but uh, the ones on the cheap end, are they reliable enough for most mostly piddling? I'm not doing anything life safety be involved.
2: Okay, if you talk about torque wrenches, I have four of them, okay? Torque wrenches are measured in newton meters, inch pounds, foot pounds, Okay, that's what they're measured in. Okay, if you're doing foot pounds, if you're doing something say you're uh, tightening a lug nut on your tire, okay, on a Ford or a Chevrolet that's 140 foot pounds, okay? You would need a big torque wrench. Okay, if you're doing small nuts and bolts, you're going to need inch pounds, okay? Inch pounds uh they're very small and then you could use newton meters a lot of times on our vehicles this uh the specifications are written in newton meters okay and then you can change them over to inch pounds or foot pounds Uh, what i have i have a ratchet type that when you pull down on the torque wrench it clicks Okay, it tells you that you're at that uh, torque. I have a needle-type torque wrench, and what the needle type is that you pull it and the needle comes down to where you want to torque it. But that's for pretty big foot pounds. So what I would suggest you do is get you a smaller torque wrench. I wouldn't do the cheap cheap because they break. Torque wrenches had to be calibrated. Okay, so that means if you drop it or if somebody uh, knocks off a counter or if it gets dirty and all, a lot of times they have to be they won't read correctly. So what I would do is try to get the okay. middle of the line torque wrench. And it sounds like you've had a little work. You're just going to need a small inch pound instead of a foot pound. Because foot pounds start about 20 uh, foot pounds. That's about the lowest they go, all the way up to 250, 350 foot pounds.
3: Great. Okay,
2: can I ask one more question?
3: Yes, sir. Uh I have an old beater truck I'm working on with my grandson. When we got it, it had one key, and the key is very worn. It won't make a copy. Uh, is there a way, can I take the VIN number or something and go to Chevrolet and get an, an original type key cut?
2: Yeah, what the Chevrolet uh, dealership's going to want, what the manufacturers, are going, the going to want, the title, because they want to make sure you own that vehicle. okay Okay, that's the first thing they're going there you'll take the title to the parts department and tell them that you want a new key and they will get you a key for it but you have to take your title for it and it'll have the vin number and everything on there okay all right well great thank you very much okay thank you
1: i'm glad they do that now because one time we had misplaced all of our keys and i just went to the ford dealer and they gave me one.
2: They will not do that now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> because, yeah, you could just look and, you know, go out into the, the, the parking lot and, and see, oh, Coach drives is. this. He bought it at this dealership. And then you just go to the dealership say, I lost my key. And
2: yeah, now you got to sign for it and Well, that's everything. good.
1: Excellent. Let's go to Carthage and talk with Willie. Willie, we're glad you've called into to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach? Uh,
3: yes, uh, thanks for taking my call. My, my question is, I got a 2014 Nissan Altima. Uh, at at night, the lights, the LEDs on the side where you can see the ground and everything, one side stopped working. I wonder, do all those bulbs blow out or is it – or what? Is that something I just need to take back to the dealer for uh, –
2: well, it's a 2014. Of course, it's not under warranty at 2014, unless you got extended warranty when you bought the car. But what those are, those are puddle lights. That's what they're called, puddle lights on the side, so you can see when you open the door and everything. And they are LEDs. Uh, usually, what happens, LEDs are on a circuit. And that circuit goes bad inside the light itself, the where the where the little lights are sticking in there. So the uh, circuit will go bad. And it's like solid state, and so that circuit will go bad. And you usually, have to replace uh, the whole light uh, on that side. So
3: that that whole all of those lights got to be the whole thing. Got
2: yeah. You can't replace one at a time. Okay, it comes in like right. a strip and all that.
3: Okay. All right, I sure appreciate
2: it. Thank you. uh, Thank you, sir.
1: Well, let's hear what's going on at the coach household. You were talking in the break. You were teasing Michelle about uh, the, the wife's car.
2: You know, we talk about Mercedes a lot because Michelle has one and then my wife drives one. Well, my wife calls me yesterday afternoon and she told me her car Christmas treed. Okay, so if you are not know Christmas tree, this is a new term for you. When you say a vehicle Christmas trees, that means all the lights come on the dash and they start flashing. For no apparent reason. Well, guess what? Her lights came on, started flashing. Her windshield wipers started going up and down. Her door locks started going up and down while she was driving down the highway. So she calls me on the phone. We get it taken care of. Well, I put my scan tool on it, and we talked about electronic and control modules. Well, the body control modules control all of that. Well, guess where my car is today? Over (laughs) at the Mercedes dealer trying to figure out why it Christmas treed. So those control modules do go bad, and when they don't communicate with each other, you will have problems. But that's another one of the things with electronics and newer cars that you have to deal with.
0: you, so, <laughs> I, I have a shop, question. Shop. <laughs> uh, can you drive it
2: with it Christmas tree? Well, the lights were still flashing and the windshield wipers were still going up and down and we drove her to the Mercedes Till. Okay, you, you went better straight. Remain
1: calm exactly. while <laughs> yeah, you had to
2: remain calm because you don't my wife didn't really know what was happening to right. me. She just told me all the tree all the lights were coming on and everything. I said, Oh it, Christmas tree. So that's a new term for you. She's so tree-ed. lucky to have a husband that knows those things. Oh my God.
0: Can we share him? <laughs>
2: <laughs> so I took it home, put it on the scan tool, took it to the dealer this morning, told him what my scan tool said, and now they're going to take it out. Now, Michelle, you were talking about delaying schedules and rescheduling. Well, they told me they were three weeks out. And I told him, I said, "Well, we need to figure out get this car in because it's a new car."
0: And and did they? Because I can't say. Shouts out to. I know we're not supposed to do this, but they have a great team there, yes. and they do uh, provide excellent service. But they are out three weeks now. I was told two weeks, but my appointment is next week, so hopefully mine. I can. I will not cancel. <laughs> <Yeah>.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> will well, not cancel. Well, we think about chips. You know, we talked about earlier on the show about computer chips. Well, this may be a problem with a computer chip and a module.
0: And, you know, we talk about recalls a lot on the show. This could be something like this is how recalls come about. Right. They notice it in this 2001. But if other people start coming in, then they will see a pattern and then it, it will go on the recall list.
2: Right. And the first question I asked them, have they had a problem with these vehicles? Christmas tree.
0: And the answer was no. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs>
2: So it's it's a different thing. you got to understand what you're talking about. But I like what Liz says. Stay calm because it can be taken care of.
1: Our email address where you can send your questions to coach is auto at org. We're talking tools today, but that's just between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'll tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.
0: The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi public broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. What is chalkboard chat? It's an MPB education podcast. It's a variety show providing information and resources for teachers, students, parents, guardians, and everyday people on various topics. It's learning something new with every publication. Chalkboard Chat. Find the podcast or listen from chalkboardchat.mpbonline.org.
1: Thank you for listening to Auto Correct on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton retired instructor from Clinton High School Automotive Technology Program is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill, and we hope that you have downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app. Hey, you know, if you like, uh, you can listen to maybe music radio with the app while you're in your car, but you can also click that support button and make a contribution to help support our our broadcasts Thank you so much for all of our contributors to Mississippi Public Broadcasting. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So in the news, they just had that New York auto show, and GM has confirmed a hybrid Corvette for next year and a fully electric model down the road. And the electric Ford F-150 Lightning begins production, and the pickup truck is already sold out. For 2022.
2: They had 200,000 orders. Oh, my gosh. For
1: that pickup truck. Oh, my gosh. And Coach was, when he wasn't with us, he was on a vacation. You went to Israel. And what did you share with us about the vehicles you noticed in Israel? You know, I noticed
2: the vehicles in Israel, none of them were electric whatsoever because, first of all, the traffic flow was so crowded. You couldn't get around. I went to uh, Jerusalem, and they were driving on the sidewalks and everything else. So there was nothing but gasoline or diesel vehicles there. Now, we pay, we gripe about gas here. $10 $10 a gallon over there in Jerusalem and the Middle East over there.
1: Yeah, that uh, it's a little different. It's a little different.
2: had, had no places to put charging stations.
1: Yeah. <laughs> We're talking about tools. We hope you'll email us your questions, auto at org. Let's go back to, to the, the tools stuff. So, uh, Of course, regular folks who are just regular folks, you need a tire pressure gauge, you need jumper cables, and even in Mississippi, it wouldn't hurt to have a snow scraper.
2: Well, you know, I think about jumper cables, that sort of sticks out to me. Uh, If you don't know how to use the jumper cables, don't try, because you'll burn your computers up in your vehicle you know uh when i start thinking about tools for a vehicle uh that you would use at home i think about ratchets if i use a ratchet there's uh Three sizes that we have that we use generally. It's a quarter inch, and quarter inches are for small nuts and bolts. Then you have a three-eighths that's a little bit bigger. Then you have a half inch. But most of the time, you're going to use a quarter inch ratchet and a three-eighths ratchet, and that means that that's the size for the socket itself. So you'll use those. Those are the drives. And then we talk about screwdrivers. There's so many people that get a screwdriver and they put a hammer behind it and they use it for a chisel. Well, that's not what it's made for. Get the right size. screwdriver, if it's a Phillips screwdriver, if it's a flat tip screwdriver, and make sure that you have a set of torque bit screwdrivers. They're the six pointed screwdrivers because most of our vehicles are no longer Phillips heads, they're torque. Okay, so you want to get that uh, particular screwdriver as well, and they come in sizes from eight all the way up to 22 and 23.
1: Okay, because I guess I'm thinking of of torque as the the physics concept but it's a thing it's, it's so it's like flathead phillips and torque
2: yeah trlx to oh, okay.
1: well, well, I I a,
0: a question and comment um years ago i had a ford expedition and we had to change the belt i had to help assist in changing the belt so i was asked to come and hold some piece of instrument and it was so tight And I don't know if we were using the right instrument. Maybe not. He was trying to stretch the belt and put it because it was tight. It was, is that right?
2: Never use use a screwdriver. That's what I
0: heard. I mean, I heard (laughs) after the fact, he was like, that was actually dangerous to what we did because we could have.
2: Well, not only hurt yourself, but you could have damaged the belt. Now the belt's bad. Didn't know when use put right, on. Right, uh, They make special tools to put on belts and to remove the tensioner to take the t- uh, stress off the tension off the belt. They make certain tools, and usually you use a breaker bar. A breaker bar is really a long ratchet without the ratcheting part of it. Yeah.
0: So there. He has all that now, but right. then we didn't. I don't think he had that, and yeah, we were doing something very dangerous to get that belt right. on.
2: And it's always good to ask if you don't know what type of tool you need. Ask the auto parts store what type of tool you need for this and what I would suggest that if you want to just a basic toolkit go to uh Sears or go to uh, Lowe's or Home Depot, and they sell basic tool kits. You know, you don't need one that has 400 pieces in it. Mm-hmm. You need something that has like 100 pieces and 150 pieces in it. That gives you all of these different tools that you can use.
0: Now, the car places now let you rent tools, correct?
2: Well, we talked about, and Liz was talking about that. You can go to the auto parts store, but those are tools. They're not going to let you rent hand tools. Hand tools are your basic tools we're talking about they will let you rent specialty tools. So if you need a torque wrench, they'll let you rent it. If you need a uh, a puller, they'll let you rent it. You know, they need a tie rod uh, tool, they'll let you rent it. But most of the time, basic hand tools, they're not going to let you have.
1: Let's go to the phones. Thank you so much for waiting, David, in Port Gibson. We're glad you're calling for Coach on AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question?
3: I got a 2,004 Nissan
2: Altima. My isn't blowing, but it ain't getting cold in the car. OK, so if the air conditioner isn't, is blowing, but it's not getting cold, Either most likely the, it may be lower Freon? OK, that's Won't what. Won't take no more Freon. OK, is the compressor coming on? Is the clutch on the compressor coming on? Do you know that? Yeah, it's coming on. OK, so the front of it's coming on? Yeah. Okay, well, that means that either the compressor itself is not compressing, that means that it's not going to let the uh, Freon do its job. So I would check that compressor if you have no cold air, if you said you already got enough Freon in there.
3: Okay. Now, I will tell you,
2: let me tell you one thing real quick. If you have too much Freon in them, they will not cool as well. Yeah. So you want to make sure on that. Okay appreciate your call
1: how do you Uh, if you have too much freon do you like use a turkey baster suction some of it out how do you get rid of some of the extra freon
2: uh today we have recycling machines you put it on there and you'll just suck some of the freon out used to we used to let it out in the atmosphere but now we recycle everything
1: Excellent. Yeah, we want to we wanna be careful. And, David, we want to make sure your air conditioning gets fixed because it's supposed to be 89 today. Let's go to Hernando and talk to Mike. Mike, we're glad you've called in for autocorrect. What's your comment or question today? Hello? Hey, Mike from Hernando. We're glad you've called in. What's going on?
3: Uh, i got a question about my CVT. I, I, the first car I've ever owned had a CVT, uh, Continuously Variable Transmission. And I like it. I'm amazed that I do. I've always had stick shift cars or automatics, and for some reason I love this thing. But here's my question: um, the last car I had that had um, uh, automatic, I would get to a stop sign and put the car in neutral to keep the, you know, pressure off the transmission while I'm just sitting there. Do I need to do that with a CV2? I know I didn't need to do it at all. But does a CVT disconnect from the drivetrain in a
2: different way? It all connects the same way, but once again, all transmissions today—it doesn't matter if it's CVT or just a regular transmission—they all run off the idle or the power of the engine itself so uh, what percentage of the throttle is open will tell you what the transmission is going to do okay when you stop at a stop sign the matter of fact all the sensors know that that throttle is not opened and it just goes into uh, a mode where it's not going to move okay as soon as you stick Mm -hmm. your foot on that accelerator the throttle starts opening the computer reads the sensors. The sensors tells the uh, transmission what to do, and when to shift. Mm-hmm. You know, so right. I wouldn't worry I, I, about putting I, it in neutral. I was just concerned that the drive was still going on the clutch plates. No, no, automatic transmission. No, I wouldn't. It it, it disengages. You know, it's just like it's not in neutral, but it's not putting no force on them, not whatsoever. So it's literally doing what I'm manually doing, so it's going into neutral anyway. Uh, Literally doing that, yes, sir. Uh, It's only going to to operate once again when you put that uh, accelerator on and those sensors start reading. I'm amazed at how nice a transmission the CVT is. I always thought they were crap, but, man, the dang thing's nice. Uh, Very smooth operating. It is. Thank you for the tip. Yes, sir.
1: All right. Let's go to Macomb and speak with Warren. Hi, hi. Warren, we're so glad you've called into to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question?
3: Uh, yes, I drive a uh, Dodge Grand Caravan. That's a company vehicle, and I just wanted to let uh, Coach know that uh, I've been using an jack the regular, uh, a house with a regular low wrench bar and a cheetah bar, and I'm carrying a, carry a uh, can of liquid wrench because going out on a lot of country roads, which is my territory, it's been very useful. Some of the jacks that come with these vehicles, to me, are useless, they're too hard to work, and that might be a good idea to purchase some of that for the ladies for Mother's Day.
2: Well, you think about uh, jacking the car up, if you do not put the jack that comes with the vehicle in the right place of the car, or any jack, you will go through the floorboard of these new cars because yeah. there's no frame under them anymore. So you want to be very careful wherever you put the jack and know how to use the jack. You know, uh, I use a uh, floor jack. i got several floor jacks I use, but they do make small floor jacks that you could put in the back of a vehicle and mm-hmm. use them. But main thing, go to the owner's manual, know where the jacking parts, uh, j- jacking points are on those vehicles so you don't destroy the car. Right.
3: All right. Well I just wanna let everybody
2: know it might be a good gift for the lady from upstate. Oh thank you so much.
1: And the only thing I'm gonna say is if you have to change your tire and you use your jack, be sure to put your jack back in the car. Don't leave it on the side of the road and drive off. Thank you very much. Enough said about that one. (laughs)
2: That sounds like she's had that experience.
1: (laughs) Well, somebody did that to my car. (laughs) We're discussing tools and taking your vehicle repair questions now. You can send us an email to auto at mpbonline.org. We have a new car review from Casey Williams. It is a brand new, brand new electric vehicle, so the government rebate hasn't run out on it so this if you're looking for one that you might like this one this is autocorrect on mpb think radio From Casey Williams, it's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect.
4: This week we're doing something a little different. We're out on Catalina Island, California, driving the new Subaru Solterra EV, the brand's first electric vehicle. So it gets about 222 miles all-electric range. It's pretty quick, around 0.60 in 6.5 seconds. And you can recharge for about 25% to 80% in an hour. But Subaru people expect their vehicles to be pretty capable. This one is too. You still have 8.3 inches of ground clearance so you can get over things. And it has the dual function X mode, which really allowed it to just climb right up the trails and do far more than most people would expect their electric vehicle to, to do. Inside, it's very well very well equipped. This one has a Harman Kardon audio system. It's got a fly screen instrument cluster that almost looks like a heads up display. And all of Subaru's renowned safety systems from the Sight system. Ford collision with auto brake, lane keep assist, rear cross path detection with auto brake. So let's talk about price. Starts just under $45,000 minus a $7,500 tax credit. So a very nice vehicle at a very reasonable cost.
1: See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show on our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio, Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician it is time for coach charlie's tip of the week
2: Well, we're talking about tools today you want to make sure for this week is that use the right tool for the right job first of all we talk about safety first use the right tool for the right job
1: excellent so let's hear uh, we got an email we're going to go to uh hello coach the other day the temperature light on my 2015 dodge journey came on there was no smoke coming out of out of the hood or the exhaust, just a temperature reading of two thirty three how did the, she know there was a temperature reading of two
2: thirty three Well, it could have read on the dash if it was oh. a digital oh. uh, gauge it could have read oh, that
1: okay, all right. I took it to a shop to have it checked out, and they did a head gasket test that my car failed, and I was told it failed fast. They said there are no leaks anywhere, but going by the quick failure of this test, the solution is a complete engine replacement. Oh, sad sad trombone sound. They put K-Seal in it, telling me this will buy me some time to decide what to do. Replace the engine or get a new car. Wow, that's rough. This happened Monday, and that was this Monday, and I've been driving the car, but only for short distances. It drives fine. The check engine light came on and it stayed on, but the temperature has been steady. It gets to 204 to 206 degrees but then stays in that range. I'm shopping for a new car, but my anxiety while driving this one is elevated. I feel like I'm driving a ticking time bomb. (laughs) Am I right to feel this way? What are your thoughts on the diagnosis?
2: Well, the first part of it, they said there was no leaks. Well, there's leaking somewhere because that coolant's going somewhere. Either it's going into the engine or it's coming out the exhaust. It's going somewhere. Okay, now... What they did to do a head gasket test, they did a compression test on those cylinders to see if there was any uh, loss of compression. First of all, your vehicle should have been missing if water was going down into the engine. It should have been where you had a dead cylinder. And when they put the quick seal in it, I would have never done that because now whoever gets this vehicle... It could it could be already damaged the vehicle with quick seal because it's made for head gaskets and cracks in the block. Now, you could have had the head pulled and they could have put a new head gasket on it. And I just had that done a uh, couple months ago. We just did that head gas can be replaced every day. So that's not a new engine. That's not a new vehicle. That's like a $1,000 job to have that done. Okay, it's a 2015. uh, Temperature range on those vehicles are anywhere from 180 to 210. Okay, Uh, that's usually the temperature range on them. So 233, yeah, that was hot. But if you're driving it and it's 204, 206, and it's not running hot, I almost wouldn't worry about it. You know, I would drive it and just find you a new vehicle, take your time, but make sure that you get a – you could have you another uh, opinion on that head gasket. You know, maybe get it fixed cheaper.
1: Well, good luck with that, Maggie. Let's go to Mobile and talk with Mikey. Mikey, we're glad you've called in today. What's your comment or question?
6: <laughs> Both. Um, I, I love Coach Charlie's voice, and I love – the combination between the two of you uh, it's uh he he has the the kind of santa claus calming and you have the excitable you know jump up you know that i just love
1: well thank well, you mikey thank you. what's going on with you today
6: uh, i got a tip uh, and i'm sure that for you liz uh because you like me are probably we are not as educated as uh coach charlie which is why we listen to him uh But for keeping your tools of any kind from walking off, particularly small tools, um, not only engraving, of course, works, but, you know, it can also, whatever, there are other ways to deal with that. But um, the simple, paint it, paint it with a small brush, use nail polish if you have to, something you're not ever going to put on your nails anymore. You get me? And, uh, you know, it's... uh, Uh, and and either put your initials and or pick a symbol that you also will be on all your other tools yes. and it will keep them from walking off so quickly.
1: That's a good idea, Mikey. Also, one thing I do is, you know, whenever if you donate to a charitable COD, you get return address stickers. And I know whenever we would have a cleanup day at the school or in the community, a lot of times I'd just stick a return address sticker on uh, something. So if I left a, a hammer or a screwdriver or whatever there, they'd at least know where it was. But thank you, Mikey. We appreciate you calling us today.
2: My guy every one of my tools different color when I was teaching every tool in the shop had a different color on it so they know what tool said it went to
1: oh well that's good yes. oh that's very good that's very good well we have a one minute left uh, let's see if we can get to Joe in Cuba da, 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 da. get off the phone so we can take this call we were trying to get this call about jumper boxes. What's a jumper box?
2: Uh, it's like a battery boost.
1: Oh, okay. Those are those are good. I think we had to have a car jumped at an airport, and they brought one of those around. Ball, that's right. Joe from Cuba, we're glad you've called in. Hurry up. You have 30 seconds.
5: Okay. I was just going to mention the jumper boxes that you can get. They auto-sense that if you've hooked them up backwards they won't work both lithium and lead acid batteries they don't take up much space all my sisters have them my mom had it but uh, the coach if he can make a quick comment on uh, any of these little devices that make a sound to keep squirrels out of your engine compartment that chew on the wires and keep cars from starting
2: well you know i've never had one of those put in my car but what uh, i have done on older model cars i put mothballs in the uh, compartment the engine compartment you just stick a couple mothballs up in there because they hate mothballs and that'll keep those little critters out of there
1: Oh, Joe, thanks for calling in. I hope everybody has a wonderful weekend, a wonderful Mother's Day, uh, Hurricane Preparedness Week, folks. Make sure you, we, when we had MDOT on last week, you can order a hurricane evacuation guide and uh, get your everything prepped. Make sure your car is in good order so we're all safe. Use the right tool for the right job.
2: Hopefully I don't get in no hurricane this week. That's, yeah, <laughs> this week.
1: <laughs> That's going to wrap us up for today's AutoCorrect. Hey, we had Jason Klein with us today and Michelle McAdoo. And for Coach Charlie Melton, Master Technician, I'm Liz Gill. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio.